Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle comes to us from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourself are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. What people are saying, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We're not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the late 1800s, a French philosopher published a fascinating book on crowd psychology. Yes, crowd psychology. In this book, this French philosopher, he stated that in every group of people, every crowd, every mass of people, there is always in that group one, at least one mastermind. In other words, in a group of people, there's always a wizard behind the screen pulling the levers. There's always a puppet master pulling the strings, manipulating the strings of the crowd. Very briefly, this French philosopher went on to state that this mastermind typically has a rather complex agenda. Indeed, the mastermind always has an agenda. But then, that mastermind has to simplify his agenda down to bite-sized ideas that are meant to pull at the heartstrings of the crowd. And so the mastermind, he creates simplified ideas that elicit strong feelings among the crowd, among people that are in the group, and those strong feelings, they sweep the group along into an emotional frenzy. And then, get this, once the group is manipulated into an emotional frenzy, the mastermind, well, he can manipulate the group whichever way he wants by simply stirring the emotions now, even though that this French philosopher was talking about crowd psychology in the 19th century, it still exists today. For example, yes, for example, look at the influence of cable television news and social media. With a snap of a finger, boom, millions of people at the very same time in America can become instantaneously offended at the same time. With the same complex story reduced to clever talking points and an edited movie clip. And with just a couple of phrases and a 30-second video, well, it is enough to conjure up an intense emotional motivation of a large group of people 
That's right, within five to ten minutes, modern-day news can get millions of us Americans drunk on emotions. Yes, I said that, drunk on emotions with little to no context or thinking. And then once drunk on emotions that are tied to the spirit of the age, well, we Americans were not sober in the moment, but overtaken by all sorts of feelings that simply sweep us along like we are puppets in a play or pawns in a game. The sad thing is that we are not even aware of this half the time. Now, perhaps we like to think that the church is different than the world. Yes, maybe we think that the church is different than the world. However, in the American church, we often find people not drunk on emotions. Perhaps maybe they even are drunk on emotions, but also drunk at the same time, drunk on the comfort peddled by their mystical, spiritual, abusive pastors. In other words, in the Christian church, pastors and spiritual leaders can hand out comfort, they can hand out love and religious sentiments like they are handing out free candy on Halloween night. In other words, they give out all sorts of superficial assurance to make people feel good, which results in many Christians becoming, yes, drunk on comfort. And once drunk on comfort that is tied to wretched theology, well, yeah, well, these individuals, these individuals, these individual Christians are not sober in the moment. They're overtaken by all sorts of feelings that simply sweep them along like they are asleep at the wheel heading to a ditch. To the point, you and I must be very careful. We must be careful in the culture and even careful in the church. Careful from becoming drunk with manipulated emotions and intoxicated with sappy comfort. We must guard ourselves from failing to be sober-minded, sober in the moment. Let me say this again. It makes a lot of sense how we can be taken advantage of in our culture. We see that. However, we must at the same time guard ourselves against indulging in so-called Christian comfort to the point where we congratulate each other and say, we've got this made, now we can take it easy, all is good, peace, peace, love, love, they all abound. But isn't the Christian faith, we may say to ourselves, isn't the Christian faith about comfort of the gospel? Yes, it is. However, in our reading from the epistle of 1 Thessalonians, we need to understand that some of the Christians in Thessalonica were acting like fools. They were acting like fools. To be perfectly clear, to be perfectly clear, let me capture what some of these Christians were doing in Thessalonica. They were doing this. They were skipping work. They were skipping school going out on their lawns, their front lawns with lazy boy recliners to watch reruns of Dr. Phil while waiting for Jesus to come back again in the sky. Why work? Why go to school? Why clean your room? Why do anything at all when Jesus is coming back? Now, dear friends, listen up. The Christian faith, your Christian faith, this Christian faith is neither about being drunk on emotions from political zealots, nor intoxicated by the comfort of sweet-talking, gushy pastors. But instead, the Christian faith is about being sober in Christ. Yes, it is about being sober-minded in Jesus. In our reading from the Gospel of Matthew, we also hear about this as well. We hear about being sober-minded as well. Jesus calls the idea of being sober-minded as being wise. 
As we heard in our gospel reading, there were ten virgins, ten bridesmaids. Five were wise and five were fools. Five were foolish. That is to say, five foolish bridesmaids did not have oil. They were unprepared. They were blockheaded. They were blind. They were obtuse. They were neglectful and figuratively drunk. Whereas the wise bridesmaids, they had oil. They were prepared. They were watchful. They were watchful. They were alert. They were attentive. They were sober-minded. They were not figuratively drunk. And so I guess we could summarize both the epistle reading and the gospel reading for us this morning like this. St. Paul's, sober up. St. Paul's, wake up. Know your sin. Yes, know your sin, but know even more the one who forgives you of your sins. Know that you are mortal, but know even more the immortal one who will grant you eternal life. And finally, know this. Jesus is coming back again. Indeed, he is coming back. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be the next day, which is why he calls you to be sober-minded, why he calls you to be alert and awake. But what does this look like, practically speaking? Indeed, what does this look like, practically speaking, to be sober-minded, to be prepared, to be alert? The other day, I had a visit with a St. Paul's member about this very topic. He said to me, and I loosely paraphrase, he said to me, Pastor, when I wake up every morning, I say to myself, today is the day that I might meet Jesus. Today is the day that the great last day may come upon us, may come upon me, the day which Jesus will take me home. Or perhaps I may meet Jesus in holy death. Regardless, today may be the day that I see Jesus. The prisoner went on to say this. So since every day is a day in which I might see Christ, I live it alive, I live it awake, which means that I don't need to get tied up in knots over all the petty stuff of life. I have a lot to learn from this parishioner. We also have a lot to contemplate and ponder this morning. Dear friends, if today is a day that we could possibly meet Jesus, which is entirely possible, does that not change everything? Because you can meet Jesus today, every one of your encounters, every chore, every deed, every conversation, and every moment is sanctified by this reality. This day is made holy by the very fact that today could be the day that you and I meet Christ. That means that every day is a sober day, an awake day, an alert day. But how do we get to this point of being sober-minded. How do we remain alert? Is there some sort of spiritual caffeine that we can consume that jolts us up into awakeness? Does it involve sheer willpower of keeping our eyes open each and every day? Baptized saints, it gives me, it gives me great joy to tell you this. Hear this this morning. Each and every one of you, you do not belong to darkness. Hear that perfectly clear. You do not belong to darkness. 
Indeed, you are not in the dark, so how can you be drunk on emotions and drunk on comfort? You are sons of light, not sons of apathetic comfort. You are daughters of the day, not daughters of manipulated emotions. You see, when you were baptized, when every single one of you, when you were baptized, you were snatched from darkness and placed into light. And so you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to you, which means that you do not sleepwalk through this life as many others do. It is true that many people sleep and wander in the darkness, but not you. Indeed, not you. You belong to the light because you belong to Jesus. You are a creature of the day. You are baptized. You are forgiven. You are recipients of truth. And so you walk in the daylight, sober and dressed up in faith, dressed up in love and hope that are already yours in Christ. Perhaps it could be stated this way. Because of Jesus' word and sacraments for you, you are like a house built on the foundation of the rock. As Christ's blood-bought church, why would you even consider standing upon shifting sand? Only fools do that. And you, dear saints, are not a fool. For you have Jesus, and Jesus has you. And so Jesus is coming back again. And get this, you are not in the dark. You are in the light. You've been baptized. You've been forgiven. You've been given faith. You've been given eyes to see and ears to hear. And so, blessed baptized saints, remain in the light. For this is where you belong. Sober together, alert together, and awake. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.